Well, we've done it. We've made it to episode 75 of Chefy's Sandbox. It seems as though 100 is not too far in the distant future. This milestone also serves to mark another really cool event. This is my second appearance on another podcast. Helen, whom I met over at the Holisticism Hub, she started her own podcast called Your Eyes Will Adjust. Loving symbols the way I do, whether it's dreams or poetry, I really dig her show. It explores the gray areas, the shadows, as it were, why some symbols got a lot of the the shadow aspect and others didn't. So I really enjoy what, what she's putting out there in the world. Anyway, she invited me to come onto the podcast and I asked her if I could publish it on Sheffy's Sandbox as well. And that would kind of take off the pressure of, you know, putting out an original episode. And she said, yes, I could definitely co-post. So of course, if you go over to her podcast, your eyes will adjust, you'll hear a different intro. This episode here on Sheffy's Sandbox is more friendly for those who are hearing sensitive, as you'll hear me discuss with Helen in this interview. I felt really gifted with the opportunity to talk with Helen. She said in the intro, uh, I don't know if April knows this, but she actually inspired me to start my own podcast. No, I did not know that. And that made my day. I loved, I loved that. Again, because as I've said before, I think everyone should start their own podcast if they feel so inclined, just to find out if they even like it or not. But anyway, I will have lots of links in the show notes for you. And again, many thanks to Helen for allowing me to to co-post, to post this interview on my podcast as well. So much love to you, Helen, and much love to our listeners. Enjoy. Okay, I am here with my friend April, who is a poet, an author, a uh, so many more things. April, what are some of the identities that you're working with right now? Oh gosh, one of the most challenging roles is that of a, a parent right now that has come up to the forefront. I mean, I know it's something that parents deal with every day, but sometimes it feels a little bit more challenging than others. So that feels like a really big one right now is the parent hat. But (laughs) yeah, I like to dabble in a whole bunch of stuff. So poet, like you said, I also have played with hypnotism. I took a hypnotherapy class and it was fun. I consider myself a writer. Oh gosh. (laughs) There's just a bunch of other stuff. I like, I like to play. One of the things I have found about myself is that I get interested in something and then I don't find that I'm able to go really deep because the deeper I go, the more nuanced I find that this modality or whatever it is. And the details seem to overwhelm me. And so I never feel like I can call myself an expert in anything. (laughs) So I just kind of go on to the next easy thing. That's kind of why I've found myself uh, 
with a sandbox of sorts with a lot of different tools that I can play with. Awesome. Yeah. And then I hear the allusion to your podcast name, Sheffy's Sandbox. Mm-hmm. I see that I see that in the things I've heard both on your podcast and in the ways that I've been able to learn about you as it were through social media is that you are somebody who likes to dabble and over culture sometimes tells us that that is like you're a dilettante or that there's something unspokenly wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No expertise necessarily needed, or to say that another way, you can learn a lot of things from a book, but there's a lot to be said about letting it trickle into your subconscious and percolate for a while, which is what I imagine you to be doing with these things. It's true. And then I also think of it as, me being able to connect people with things that maybe are their one thing they want to go deep with. And thanks to me, because I've I've read about it or I've dabbled with it, I can be like, oh, you know what? This sounds like something you'd be interested in and they can take it and run with it. But yeah. Yeah. Well, April, you suggested before we started recording that we pick a card, any card. And (laughs) I loved that. And so I have the Kim Kranz Wild Unknown Archetypes deck. They look like this, like these big jewels on the back of the um, deck and they're circular for the folks who are just listening. I'll try and do some (laughs) ASMR style uh, oh gosh! <laughs> uh, but I'm just going to pick one because April and I are both soups into the symbolism, symbology, and just letting the uh, subconscious mind wanders. So here we go. Oh, okay. Here we are. It's the self. And what we have here is kind of this, this outline of a person, no particular gender. And in the center, I would say kind of between the throat and heart chakra is this pearl and shooting out from the pearl is these white lights, these white lines rather. And between the white lines, just this like tie dye effect or like um, Aurora Borealis effect of multicolors. Yeah. I'm not even going to bother reading from the guidebook. I never do that because I feel like our subconscious mind immediately takes us to the things we need to know about this. You know, one of the things that comes up as I'm seeing this is that the number is 29 in Roman numerals there at the top. And if you distill that down in numerology to number two, it's all about relationship and how the self is what I've been exploring a lot here lately is that other people are just mirrors for the self. And I mean, that kind of looks like maybe a shattered mirror <laughs> and like the pearls there, but this is, that's the kind of container that we have today. You and I are talking, we are in relationship. We have this container, but really when it comes down to it, what are we doing, but mirroring each other? Yeah. And <laughs> I love that. I want to hear, I I have thoughts as well, but I I want to open the stage as it were, Leo Moon here (laughs) to you. I know that you've got some background in numerology and I have none. And I would love to hear you go down that path a little bit with, you know, that's something that your subconscious mind picked up on was the numerology aspect. Um, What else 
lights up for you there? Well, so numerology was one of those things that I thought was just really, really fascinating. And I took a course uh, from a lady. And so I guess I could consider myself a numerologist. However, <laughs> I have I have my manual, my handbook where I would have to go through and a lot of that stuff didn't really sink in. So to do the calculations, I would have to go to one of these nifty little websites that does all the work for you. <laughs> but basically what it did is it opened up an appreciation for the messages that are all around us in numbers. Because one of the things that I found helpful when I was just discovering spirituality and what I can recommend that other people try is um, I had a, I have a day planner and on there, I would just start writing down when I looked at the time or a number appeared, I would just write it down. And then over time, I would kind of track and see what numbers appeared more often. And I kid you not here recently, I'd say within the past month, odds are, if I look at the time, it's going to be a mirror number. It's going to be 414. It's going to be 212. It's going to be 1001, et cetera. And it has been an invitation to me to look at my emotions. Like, what am I feeling? Because for so long, you know, I'm 40 years old up to this point. Um, I don't know, growing up, emotions were things that I felt really burdened by. I felt like life was to be lived from the mind. And that's where you made all your best decisions. <laughs> and so there was a huge disconnect between what I should do, what I, what I was logically thinking, and then what I was emotionally feeling and experiencing. Again, a huge disconnect. And that has been some of the biggest leaps and bounds that I've had with the past few years is having that reconnect. And not feeling that my emotions are overwhelming me or this enemy <laughs> to my greater good, but it's here and it's, it can be for a signpost like, okay, why is this person triggering me? I had this happen just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why is this person triggering me? Okay. Well, for one thing, they are mirroring to me something that I want to express more of myself. I had a session yesterday with Caroline of the Ninth House Life. Uh, she had offered free readings in the free offering Friday on Holisticism Hub, where we met. <laughs> and yesterday she was talking about that to me because we were talking about a, a certain situation where I went into it kind of hoping to be recognized and seen as a healer or for whatever gifts I may have to bring to the table. When the thing is, is that these people were just mirrors for me and I needed, it's just calling me to do the work of first acknowledging and seeing myself and really owning these titles that feel so big and like they're for everybody else, but really just owning the title of healer and these things that I want to see that I see other people embodying, go ahead and owning that 
And then, you know, hey, I won't be so triggered. I won't be waiting for someone else to see it in me because I've already seen it and acknowledged it within myself. Oh, here, here. Yeah. I think it's such a powerful feeling to first claim that for yourself. And as you said, not look to somebody else to um, legitimize it for you, but working with your inner power to legitimize it for yourself. And part of what you said also reminds me of the idea of a healer as somebody who every time you're healing somebody else, there is a mirror aspect, you're healing yourself as well. And like, if you're early on in your work of self-healing, then going out to heal other people can be a really, uh, what's the right word, just like thrashing process because you're in that wild stallion of emotion piece of your healing. So to know that as you heal other people, there's going to be a vulnerability in yourself as well is just such, I think, as you know, an important piece of taking that rightful throne as a healer at a throne within yourself, you know? Um, And then if we wanted to take that a step further, put it on a mushroom dose, you go to the whole fact that we aren't broken. We don't need to be healed. It's simply a remembering of our wholeness and that in itself is so beautiful. So even though I, my offerings, I have it called a healing session. Basically it's just a, a container in which I help someone remember. I don't know. I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Um, just tapping into that place of before they were wrong. Um, and I, I don't mean to say that we don't do anything wrong and we, we don't need to have that pointed out, but on a different level, you know what I'm saying? That we're not fundamentally flawed or broken and that we are playful at heart and we are meant to explore and love. We are so capable of so much love. It's amazing. Yeah, here, here. Gosh, you and I are synchronizing on so many things right now. And I'm really just sitting in to that and enjoying it. The idea of one, not that you feel your work is not truly to heal, but to help people remember and, and yet using words that people can, um, people at an earlier stage in their understanding of what healing versus remembering is, they'll still be able to come to you because you are using the word healing. And I think about how we make sure we're attracting the people that most need our work or that most need our reflection of them and to you and using language as you're doing to be sensitive to where they are in the process. I just wanted to honor that, that you're, that, that what you're doing there for them. Yeah. Because at first that seems really just some of this feel good nonsense. Like, Oh, let's just remember (laughs) our light. Remember how we're perfect as we are. And it's like, sister, there was trauma in my childhood and this and that. And there are parts of us that feel fundamentally broken and flawed. And we are seeking healing, like legitimate healing. We don't want just some type of love and light bow put on it. We want to feel this wholeness. So I definitely think there's a healing aspect in remembering or somewhere there's a, 
sometimes words fail us and sometimes they kind of just point in the right direction. So somewhere among healing and remembering, there's a real, a real progress. There's something life-changing in all of that. Here, here. I can't help but think back on the the card, the archetypal card that we drew at the top of this talk. Like the pearl to me always makes me think of alchemized trauma, right? Mm. A pearl is made from a grain of sand. It's irritating. It's irritating, <laughs> exactly. And over time, that irritant gets covered with the mother of pearl and turns into its own individual pearl. So yeah, I keep coming back to the phrase alchemized trauma and they say turning lead into gold. That's, that's alchemy, right? I sometimes in my mind, and it even flashed in my mind this morning before we talked like alternative phrase, turning shit into gold. Mm, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I feel like we all have so much shit available. It's like, I might as well do something with all of this shit. It has I guess I'm one of those people, I feel like things had to have happened for a reason. Like if I could at least find a reason to something that makes it so much more palatable, Mm -hmm. (laughs) palatable shit is if I'm able to alchemize that or in a way help others, then I I'm thinking at the end, I'll be able to say it was worth it. I'm, you know, I'm glad I went through all that. Yeah. But the, the term alchemy, that is so interesting that you use that because another colleague of ours, Chelsea Sherman in the Plasticism Hub, she, this was another free offering Friday event in which she was hosting on Instagram a seven-day self-portrait photography challenge, and it was hashtag becoming an archetype. And so each of the days there was a new email. I hadn't been excited about anything in so long, like I was for this. And I got so excited about it. And I was posting on social media for the daily prompt, because every day you got this prompt in your email inbox. And I was like, what am I going to do after the challenge is over? Well, I, I survived. I'm still, I'm still here. But on the last day, you had to choose an archetype and photograph yourself like that. I didn't know what to pick. And so I ended up, my caption for the picture was that I chose something a cross between an alchemist and Lara Croft. (laughs) This is what I chose. And so, yeah, the alchemy is, I yeah, so integral to, I think what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Here's what, first of all, yes. Like I wasn't able to be a part of that free series, but I was watching your posts as you were creative with them. And I just thought it was so fun. I thought it was a really great opportunity, both on Chelsea's part, the offering and on your part, the things that you were bringing from it. Was your favorite day the the weird day? Oh yeah, absolutely. So for those who don't know, for for my weird day prompt, I got into a wheelbarrow <laughs> with my kayak stick. I don't even like, what do you call that? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to come up with it in a second. My rowing thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow, I can't your, believe your or your or my or thank you. So my kayaking or so I was sitting in this uh, wheelbarrow with my kayaking or and I was pointing off into the distance like land ho. It was it was fun. I was wondering what people who were driving by might be thinking as they saw me, but hey, it was really it was really childlike and just so you know like gosh, we all want that back, right? That fun, yeah. that childish fun. So um, yeah, gosh. Well, going back to your card, and another thing I loved that you brought out were the rainbow colors. Yeah. And one of the things I appreciate about your work and your podcast is we are allowed to experience a whole palette of different colors, whether that's experiences or or truth, whatever it is. And I know we're going to get into this good versus bad and <laughs> light versus dark, but yeah, allowing ourselves to have all different kinds of colors yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. Here, here. Yeah. I mean, you're touching on a, a really core piece of my personal philosophy, um, which I'm start, starting to codify into these principles of a modern witch. And I'll link that down. I read notes. those and it's really cool. Yeah. So one of them, it essentially talks about why binary though? There is no binary in truth. And of course, when I say binary, everyone's mind goes to the gender binary or mm -hmm. lack thereof. And I definitely agree that the gender binary is a social construct and needs to be broken apart, but there are so many other binaries that are dictating our lives as well. And one important one that I think you alluded to with all these colors on this card is this binary of good and evil. We've made up societally, culturally, we've made up so many things dictating, defining what is evil or good. And we run our lives trying to hide from the evil stuff when frankly, not only is it not necessarily evil, but like some of the gold lives in there. And I have to say, bringing it back to your alchemist, Lara Croft <laughs> <laughs> outfit, like I just thought that was chef's kiss so good because I don't know if this is what you consciously meant by it or, but my subconscious got for a minute, like, you know, Lara Croft is a tomb raider. She goes into the darkness and into mm. the quote unquote scary stuff. <laughs> and part of my whole philosophy is go into the scary stuff because your mind or society or both are intentionally hiding things that like your, your power, your gold behind the scary stuff. So the okay. only way to your power is by going past the scary stuff. All right, Helen. So I will have to put in a plug here for Lacey Free. She has the Whore Pod podcast and she offers the superpower, a superpower reading. And woman, as soon as I heard that, this was offered. I'm like, I have to do this. I need to know what my superpowers are. Of course. So I signed up right away. And what ended up being so revolutionizing for me was I ended up telling her like, like a dark, dark secret. I hadn't told anyone and I felt so evil. I hadn't told anybody 
I think including my spouse and for some reason she just felt she's so comfortable with the dark and with those places that I ended up telling her and not only did she not demonize me for that she showed me where the gold was in that and that how that my superpower was in that very thing that I was so damn ashamed of I was like wow can I do this with everything (laughs) I was it felt like when you can take what you see as your weakness your most closeted weakness and that in itself can be turned into one of your greatest strengths you're like oh my gosh I am so powerful (laughs) it was such a life-changing moment for me to be like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah I mean here here and that's amazing. I'll have to link to show notes to that offering, which sounds wonderful. And also kudos to you for, you know, nobody walks that path except the per- except you, right? Like mm-hmm. a-, a guide can only do part of the work. You have to do the work and it sounds like you did. But that to me is alchemy, is the things that we're most ashamed of, the skeletons in our closet, yeah. that being able to transmute that into at the very least something that we're no longer ashamed of but at best it's our actual superpower right like Mm -hmm. to me that is the pearl we talked earlier about the pearl being alchemized trauma or alchemized shame like i think and it is important to find a safe place to do that because One of the safest places would be within yourself. If you can go there, then great. But I would say a lot of us, especially initially, we need to have a container that someone is there with us to guide us and be like, okay, because they've been there a million times with other people and they know that it's not as scary (laughs) as you think it is. And what you've thought and felt is not unique. So we need to have these places where we can feel so comfortable expressing all of ourselves. Like every, every part of us is welcome in that space. And I feel like that can be kind of hard to come by, but I'm wondering if it's as hard to come by as I think, you know, as we're led to believe, Mm. because I think we're okay. Legitimately there are times where you shouldn't be blabbing about these deepest darkest secrets because the fear is valid that people who don't have your best interests at heart can use that as ammunition to attack you or to destroy you so yeah definitely use discretion and not everyone who says that they have your highest good at heart do but i am so thankful for those people who are they, they don't want to hear just the good stuff. And I have been so blessed to have a few people in my life here recently. Maybe I've just been calling that in, but I've been calling in more authentic relationships where they don't want to hear just the good stuff. They want to hear like how, like the crappy day I'm having and the details of the struggle. And it's not because they get off on it. And it's like, um, it doesn't feel real unless they know the good and the bad. And I completely get that. And when you can start to hold spaces for each other and 
yeah, I think it's really vulnerable place to be, but if you can find other people who are on the same path and extend to them a safe, confidential space, it's kind of like just feeling each other out as you go along, but it is so fantastic to have those type of people. And I feel really fortunate. Yeah. I hear, hear. I mean, to your point about not always having safe spaces to, to share and therefore, you know, some of the fear around sharing is legitimate. Yeah. I think we live in a society where to share your innermost fears and sources of shame is so scary to other people because you're kind of like, you're breaking the mold that they are working so hard to be a part of. It would be triggering because I'd be mirroring to them, right? What they actually, what they would actually want. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I would venture to guess that many of the listeners of this podcast are people who are breaking those, those societal assumptions and that they may have friends or family members who are not on the same path. And like, and like, I'm thinking of my own family members right now who appearances are everything and it doesn't really matter what's really going on as long as the front that you present is sparkly clean, then that's what matters. Yeah. So not everyone wants to hear that or be appreciative of uh, you breaking that mold. They're happy with it as it is. And that experience is definitely valid too. Like that's a valid choice and yeah, there's no judgment there. Yeah. Here, here. I see us generally moving knock on wood. I mean, I know you and I are both parents and so we are helping shape in our tiny, tiny way what Mm. might be next, you know, but whether or not these listeners are parents or caregivers or simply shaping the world by virtue of their existence. Like we're all moving towards, I believe a society where there is more room for nuance. There is more room for unpacking and being vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. if we had to put it in a binary, which as you know, is not my super thing. Like, I think I would call that more matriarchal than patriarchal, you know, something where we are focused on each other, like a rising tide lifts all ships sort of mentality and that our mental health and wellness <laughs> is pretty pretty instrumental to that rising tide. So yeah, I guess I'm just sort of generalizing about how I see us all moving bit by bit towards a future where we're more prone to be open and we don't feel like we need to keep up appearances in the phrase that you use. I would also like to make a comment that those type of interactions, those types of interactions are not going to be happening via social media, <laughs> right? Right. In these bite-sized <laughs> moments that we carve out, this is in real time, in-person, one-on-one type situations, at least that I've had. And so can you, you know, are you going to make a uh, commitment to carving out those opportunities to even happen because if we are just living on social media those types of meaningful mutually advancing type of interactions are not 
are not going to be happening. So I would just encourage people to, yeah, get with their peeps in real life and allow for time without distraction in which you can have those heart to heart conversations. Yeah. Here, here. And you're making me think of this wonderful person, Amelia Hruby, also of the holisticism Mm -hmm. hub. At least that's where I first learned of her. And in the case that you or I, someone is perhaps running a small business and kind of wondering, well, how might I even extract myself from social media? It feels like a necessary evil. Amelia Ruby's whole deal is, or at least right now, one thing that she's really taking a stand on is building a small business without any social media. She has the podcast about it, right? right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've listened to a few of those as well. She has a contest going. I will put a plug in for her as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has a contest going on that if you put a comment on her speak pipe or or something like that, that you're entered to win this really cool deck. It's called the, what is it called? Instead. Instead of deck. So whenever you're feeling that hit to like, oh, I need to check social media or see if I have any likes on this picture this really cool picture I posted of my archetype, (laughs) then you can open up this deck and pull a card and it will give you something maybe even more self-nourishing than checking to see if you have any likes uh, or what someone else is doing in their life. Because that comparison can just really kill any type of motivation or drive or just a fire for life you'd be like oh my gosh they're doing this and this and this and yeah whatever you had just (laughs) just retracts and you're like oh I could never be like that but yeah so I got way off topic but (laughs) (laughs) one of the things I had thought about asking on her speak pipe or on her page was because she was talking about the benefits of having a podcast for small business owners when you don't have social media. And I've played around with not being on social media for a while now, entertaining that thought. But I was wanting to ask her, for those of us born, and I'm saying this because I know you are into astrology because you've done several readings for me, that for those of us who podcast who have Mercury in retrograde in our natal chart, where we feel the need to constantly review edits, like go back and, and fix things. It is, it takes so much more work, I think, than, because I know some podcasts, there's no editing. It's just raw and it's out there and people are really happy with it. But on top of all of that, I am one of those people that you can call, if you're putting it nicely, hearing sensitive Mm. they also have the word for it called misophonia hatred of sound and there are some some podcasts I simply cannot listen to because of this hearing sensitivity if you want to call it it sounds so nice when you say it like that but it's like nails on a chalkboard when you hear certain sounds and it's triggering and I just like oh I can't listen to it So I have to, when I'm editing my own podcast, I have to edit out all those little sounds that like I'm freaking irritating myself by having to hear it. (laughs) So I'm trying to make it friendly for other hearing sensitive types. And so not only do I find myself 
fixated on taking out all the filler words, all my ums and this and that. I'm having to take out some of the other sounds that I'm, I'm making or my, my guests make. And it's like, with because the whole invitation was to invite other people into the process to make it easier on yourself. But for those of us who feel like no one else can do it exactly like we can, because no one else knows exactly what we're aiming for or what we're going for, what kind of tips would she recommend for us to do to be able to release control mm-hmm. or I mean, sometimes that that kind of control is helpful, I think, as well. So I don't know. That's, that's going to be my question for her. How can I invite <laughs> other people in to help me? Because honestly, I have, with my job, I work part-time and family and all this stuff. I have a podcast that I've been working on off and on for like two months now because once you go through everything then you you know you have to add your show notes and then I tried to make all the links clickable to make it easier and then then you see other people who put timestamps in the show notes and you're like wow that's a really great idea I love that because someone could just skip to the next part and then you see other podcasts that offer transcripts and it's like, oh, where does it stop? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you're bringing up so much for me and I'll have to let Amelia answer her own, <laughs> her own way, of course. But as you know, this podcast is pretty new and I am pretty new to podcasting. So I feel like I have some of the same challenges that you do. And I am so super focused on my ums and my uhs and stuff Uh like that. Now I did learn from Amelia through her website that there are some tools you can use to automatically take out some of the pauses and the ums. So I'll link to uh, something that she shared, an AI tool that you can do that. And it's just like, all right. So Helen, I have tried some of that. I use the Descript program and it's where it automatically highlights the filler words. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's a miracle. Let me just go in and have it delete all of them. But the AI is not perfect. And so I found out that if I had to delete this one um, that it actually filtered into the rest of their sentence. So with it taking it out automatically, all of a sudden the sentence didn't make sense. And it just was really awkward. Yeah. I was like, oh gosh, I can't do that. (laughs) I think the other thing that I'm coming to terms with is recognizing the humanity of the full Mm -hmm. suite of experiences as it pertains to how people do their podcasts. Like I listen to somebody who pre-scripts the entire season, right? It's more of a story podcast. I listen to folks who take time between each word Mm. and I well that would make it easier to take out the filler words that is true now I still listen to that podcast because that particular person I'm thinking of and no disrespect because I do that exact same thing is it's moonbeaming by Sarah Faith Godestiner and I just think that what she downloads from the ether is so fascinating. She could say anything in any way, and I would just continue listening, right? And then there's folks who okay, an so hour and a half long podcasts with no no editing. 
<laughs> oh, okay. That's the same. No editing. That's not me. But yeah, I do some really long ones that I thought you were about to say with no plan. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then there's my favorite triple Capricorn goddess, Jessica Lignato. I feel like her episodes are 20 minutes and done. And and very concise. I, I, have, a, I have a Capricorn son and I'm really into that. <laughs> I know you are. I have been realizing since you and I first met that I actually love Capricorns. I need them more in my life. I need more Capricorns in my life. (laughs) Well, we do have great value. I will say. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And we also need to be around folks who can dream a little dream at all times, because sometimes we can just get really focused on pushing that stone up the mountain and hyper-focused on just getting the checklist done and being around folks who are just dreamers and see lots of, Hey, what's this? What's that? How about this? Those two personality types together are really, really um, powerful. I don't know human design terribly well, but I do know I'm a manifesting generator. So I always kind of paired this with my Capricorn Manigen with some sort of dreaming projector is just the perfect, uh, one of the many perfect Mm. ways to marry creativity and productivity. Productivity is not a four letter word (laughs) in itself, (laughs) but productivity with no fun is definitely a four letter word. I also, I am calling in collaboration. I am telling the universe, I am ready. I am ready to marry some of these, some of these things that I have with someone else. In human design, I have a large split and that is a big invitation for the other Mm. into my experience. And I can really feel that. So yeah, that's another thing I'm looking for. So if listeners... I don't know if they drive. <laughs> I am so excited to, I am looking at ideas and projects to collaborate on so many levels. Yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like this is a time. Is it the, is it the panini of the, the pandemic and, and a feeling of energetic looking for something else? You know, I, I think we're so many of us are in a position where we're just like, collaboration, co-creation, in-person, if we can, interaction is just, we are all so ready and so hungry. And so the door is open to that. The emotional heart space is open to that. Mm. Well, April, I'm sorry to say, we're going to have to wrap up now, but I know I could go on for hours, but I'm curious for our listeners who might want to um, check in with you, work with you more, see if there's a co-creative collaborative experience that you might um, be able to share. Where can they find you? My website, aprilific.com. So April, A-P-R-I-L-I-F-I-C.com. And that has my brand new offering of the Sandbox Healing Adventure which I'm offering for free while I explore what type of format works best. So if anyone wants to be a guinea pig and have some fun, feel free to sign up for that. And then on there, it will have links to my podcast and the about me, et cetera. But the podcast is called Sheffy's Sandbox and Sheffy's is spelled S-C-H-E-F-F-Y. Sheffy's Sandbox. So 
Awesome. And I'll put links to all of those in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, April. This was a wonderful way to start the week. We are recording this the Monday after Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again. Can't wait to have you back. I would love to. I'm excited. (laughs) 